Hello, everybody. Welcome back to No Disclosure. This podcast is brought to you by, Jesus, Anchor and Prevail Guitar Works. Good Lord. This podcast is where we go on the news, see what's going on in the world, and based like fine, expensive turkeys and the sheer audacity and craziness that is our news media. People have to deal with a lot of junk in their lives, and with the climate things are in, No Disclosure exists to not only improve your level of inner fanciness, but to hopefully take your mind of the disaster for a while. So let's go into it, get into it, do what we do best, and have a little fun. Wow! Shake off your shoes and set that mental bag of bricks down in the entryway of my mind. And let's begin. So, hi, kids. Um, I know I read the uh, regular intro for No Disclosure, but that's not what we're doing today. We're doing another segment of Off Topic, and we have an old friend back. Hello. What's up? We have Donald Haynes back. How's it going, fancy peoples? What's up? <laughs> I'm very happy to have you back again, sir. I'm very happy to be back. I've been waiting for this for a minute. <laughs> yeah, Donald's going to be a, a reoccurring guy on No Disclosure because he was one of you were one of the most entertaining guests that I had, and um, un, until Kyle came on the show, you I had, am so surprised by that because I don't see myself as entertaining at all. Kyle was awesome, by the way. You're like co-host level entertaining. Oh, don't tell me that. I am not Jerry <laughs> the King Lawler, sir. <laughs> no, you you could be like, uh, oh, what's his name? You could be like, uh, oh God, what was that? Uh, Paul Bearer. You could oh, just sit in the background oh, and go. No, <laughs> I am not Percy Pringle. No. <laughs> may he may he rest in peace. Yeah, the great one. You could just sit in the background and go. Ooh. Oh yes. Wasn't he great? Oh, he was amazing. <laughs> and the fact that he was an actual funeral funeral director too. That was amazing. Yeah, that was cool. And, I didn't uh, know that right away. He was an actual mortician. Yeah, he was an actual mortician. Uh, did you get to see Survivor Series at all? Very little. I haven't watched wrestling since it's the heyday. You Fair know. enough. So uh, most of the people out there, if they watch wrestling, they'll know Undertaker uh, retired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a bucket list item I'll never get to cross off now. Uh, seeing Undertaker at WrestleMania. So, you know, sad day, but he's well-deserved in the retirement. Oh, definitely. Uh, when they did the final salute, like you know how he will normally typically kneel in the ring and he'll put his arm up and do the whole tongue thing. See, I didn't, I didn't watch his last match. What, what did he do? Well, I, I heard that there was a Paul Bearer reference there. Uh, well, at the end, he gave a little promo. Uh, he came out to the ring, gave a promo for his pretty much his final goodbye as a professional wrestler, and he kneels like he does at the end of a match. Yeah, raises that arm up. Uh. He gets that tongue out there like only him and Gene Simmons can seemingly do. <laughs> and in the background, they. Throw up a hologram of Paul Bearer with really? the arm raised up. It was oh, that's sweet. I, I watched it with our buddy Dustin, and uh, we both cried. Wow! Because you know that was it's the end of an era. Yeah, that was an end of part of our our lives, our childhood. I mean, I watched that man wrestle for thirty years. Yeah, that's man. You, you know he'll he'll come back for like you know a special oh, like thing maybe here and there, and, cameos and promos yeah. and stuff. Probably. I mean, he's doing a lot of interviews now. He'll like, do I'll, something. He's doing a ton of interviews. Uh. If anybody watches the uh, Hot Ones on YouTube at all, he did a Hot Ones episode. Yeah, he did. I it haven't seen hilarious. it yet, but I want to. I want to see him squirm. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he handled it phenomenally well. Oh well, um, yeah, I mean, he still got an image. You know, it's gonna be like, okay, I'm the Undertaker, no crying. <laughs> un- not even that. He even told him, I don't know that I'm gonna make it through this, but if I do, we're good. But I mean, he's a Texas guy, so spicy food is part of the repertoire. He's so. a Texan. Yeah, he's a good old Texan boy. 
<laughs> oh, so, look at that. I'll beat you to there it. There you go. Oh, no, I, I, I burped while you were talking. Uh, yeah. Okay, of course. So anyway, if you, if you guys don't know, the listeners out there, what Off Topic is, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> we just sit down, shoot the breeze, talk about what's going on in our lives. Our guests, whatever twirls, twirls their beanie. And uh, these seem to be the most popular episodes out of all of them. I think it's because they're so organic. Like where you go on the news, you're looking for stuff that's like pre-made, pre-written, and you're just kind of reacting to it. Where an off-topic episode, it's more, you're sitting across the table with somebody, you're sitting on the phone with somebody, it's an organic conversation. It can go freaking anywhere. Yeah, I know. no clue where it's going to go. My imaginary friend, all he does is, all he knows is the news, so it's like, you know. Right. You know, I mean, I think it's because it's so organic is why maybe people find it more appealing, because it's, it's literally a conversation, and those are just things that people are lacking for sometimes these days with our uh, current world situation. And you hold the number two spot right now. Kyle, Kyle beat you out. But the off-topic episode, my two... With all fairness, he deserved the number one spot. Yeah, that, so. my three biggest episodes. One's a normal episode of No Disclosure, but it was it was wild. And right. then uh, Kyle, <laughs> you're number two. Kyle is number three. So the off-topic segments do really well. It's like, are people trying to tell me something? Hmm. It's like, hmm, off-topic, we like this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, we want more fanciness. It, 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 you know, it does well, but off-topic stuff. So you brought Magic the Gathering cards. Oh, I did, because I'm a... Huge, fantastic nerd. You need... You're, I don't get it at all. You are such a nerd. Only nerds play that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Because, yeah. you know, the popular kids didn't start playing it after we did. It's Dude, uh, don't so, whoop out that nerdy stuff around here. Oh, you're going to love I it. I only have 10 decks, okay? I have over 30. <laughs> we're, we're good. In a closet so, with enough cards in it. To, so, typically, fat packs come with a life counter, a little spin-down dice. Dude, that... Whoa. Look at how big this one is. That's a life counter? Yeah, yes, that's a, guys, that's a I do play counter. Magic the Gathering. I love Magic the Gathering. So there's a set. They can hear the damn cards right that's in my wicked. hand here. It's uh, called Ikoria. Ikoria? The, the whole set was based off giant monsters. Oh, like um, a very Lovecraftian. Oh, no, like there's a... There well, that would be Rise of the Eldrazi, right? Would be oh, the Lovecraftian. God, yeah, those were the Lovecraftian Best nightmares. expansion ever. Ever yeah. Rise El- of the Eldrazi, Eldrazi. Were my, they were amazing. I loved them. I yep. hated them and loved them at the same time. Yeah, because when you get uh, your ass kicked by one, yeah, you're we, like screw this expansion. And then well, like, when you have Eldrazi, you're oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ, they're horrible if you're playing against them. But if you're playing the Eldrazi, yeah, it's like being Cthulhu. You are the Eldritch Old One Nightmare thing. Emrakul comes out. You're like, okay, oh. I'm gonna <laughs> leave. Oh, God, no, <laughs> uh, I had a person turn three dropped Emrakul on me, and I cussed them. <laughs> you're gonna, okay you, you have the game you jerk because that you're thing's gonna hate my wormwood what? deck when we play later after this i'm gonna play with i named a deck wormwood and oh, its God. major thing is bringing out things like ulamog and emrakul which are in there right um by fifth or sixth turn and it uses Jesus the quicksilver Christ. amulets you oh, know God. to bring them out yeah it's insane. Well, like uh, what, what they would do they would have mana ramp by turn three they would put an elf on the field and i can't remember her name to save my life but uh what she does is you tap some mana, tap her. You put a creature onto the battlefield from your hand. Anything <laughs> in your hand hits yeah. the field from her. So they'll go, oh, yeah, I'm going to tap this. Da, da, da. Oh, uh, Emrakul, turn four. It's like, you son You know one four. ability that Emrakul has that I don't think is utilized enough that I started, like, just recently started really messing with that's, like, overpowered? Nobody, nobody thinks of this. The If she goes into the graveyard, mm-hmm. you get your whole graveyard back in your hand. Oh, all three of them did that. That it, amount it, it of control is nuts. See, there's there's a way to counter that, and I did it to somebody, and they couldn't believe it till they uh, they actually looked up rules to how try you, to, to how calm do you me counter on that? So when Emrakul goes to the graveyard, right? 
that goes on the stack. Yeah. So if you can react to something with instant speed to that ability when she hits the graveyard and you can remove the graveyard from play while she's in it. But doesn't it Emrakul doesn't have protection from colored spells no matter what? She does. The graveyard doesn't. Oh. So, so it's an artifact. Smart. You tap one. You sacrifice. It's tapping one mana and sacrificing this little puny artifact. You suck. <laughs> to remove the graveyard from the game. And that goes on the stack. First in, last out, right? Well, Emrakul was first in, so her ability is last out. And that goes on the stack. This artifact sets off. She gets removed from play with the damn graveyard. <laughs> That's awful. Like, to hell with you and your Cthulhu monster. That's awful. Now, I, granted, that is... I've won tournament games. No, yeah, a lot, a lot of people have. Nobody realized that. He, here's the problem, though. Getting Emrakul in the freaking graveyard in the first place, that's the first that's step. That's tricky, yeah. And that that's hard as can be anyway. But if you can manage it, like with a mill deck or something, and you see her hit, remove it from the game, now, yeah. done. Or like, uh, oh, I've taken out Emrakul one time with uh, uh, Royal Assassin, because yeah. there's no mana, you just tap it. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, I, I don't know I heard I don't remember how I did it but it was just right circumstances and right. this tiny little one one or whatever it is one two one three royal right. assassin well uh, um, something that also works on it that people don't think about it's protection from colored spells right well that means protection from being targeted by color spells yeah that doesn't mean Jack Diddley if it's a global spell so wrath of God and damnation still work on protection creatures. Oh, you're right. So okay, that, so that's how people got rid of progenitus. Since it's protection from colored spells, mm-hmm. it's direct. Yeah, it's spell. direct. But if it's global, if it's destroy all whatever and that falls into that category. So if you cast a wrath of god on Emrakul, if it you can, cast wrath of god and there are multiple permanents on the field, that's I think I think it's uh like non-land So if Emrakul's the only permanent out, then no. I don't know. I'm not sure because I've never had that particular scenario. Yeah, because normally they have a friggin' army of Eldrazi on the field when they have her out. So you drop Wrath of God or Damnation. I think Damnation is like a destroy all non-black permanents. They can't be regenerated or something along those lines. Like someone, I'm sure, in a comment somewhere on one of these will correct me if I'm wrong. But, uh... (laughs) I was like, get a little closer to the microphone. Kiss it. Kiss the mic. (laughs) It's like, you, I don't want to kiss the mic. No means give no. It, give it some living. <laughs> so how, did, how did you, how did you, let's share our uh, magic stories. How did you get into Magic the Gathering? All right. So magic, obviously, it's the granddaddy of all trading card battle games. Like, you know, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, all that mess. That all came after Magic the Gathering. Damn right. Uh, magic came out in, what was it, like 91, 92, something along those yep. lines. Yep. Uh, you know, greatest sets ever, Alpha, Beta. <sighs> And, uh, of course, you know, they're the most expensive friggin' trading cards in the world, save for, like, a uh, mint condition, first edition Charizard for Pokemon. That's, like, a $200,000 card now. Yeah. But uh, Magic was the first one. And I got into Magic in, God, how old was I? I want to say, like, 99 was when I started kind of dipping my toe into Magic. Uh, when Pokemon came out, I played Pokemon because, you know, that was the big thing so when I was you were already into that kind of... Yeah, I, kind of I was into the trading card culture kind of thing early. As soon as Pokemon came out, I was in it. Uh, when Yu-Gi-Oh! came out, I jumped on that. Me and my friends were making paper Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. That's what that's what Sander does. He, <coughs> makes, he makes his own little like, cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were doing that. We were like taking cards from the show and our own cards and making them on pieces of paper and playing them at, at the lunch table. Oh, that's cool. Got the <laughs> shit kicked out of us a couple of times. Did, did you ever look at people playing Magic and be like, this is the dumbest thing like, well, no, I looked at it back then as how in the world can you remember all these rules? Because it seemed so complicated to me at the time. Yeah. Well, let's because you play you know, it, Yu-Gi-Oh's you know. rules are 
fairly simple. You know, certain star level, X amount of sacrifices. You know what creature. I realized is that the more you play with people and they correct you, you mm-hmm. know, it's like that's really. Yeah, the, the more you learn, the, it helps you with your mathematical skills, which I had no clue about <laughs> until after I started playing. <laughs> uh, my algebraic skills got a lot better after playing Magic, D&D, stuff like that. And uh, a kid moved down here from New York my freshman year high school. I'll never forget it. Year 2000, 2001. That's when I graduated. <laughs> he, uh, this dude brought his magic cards from New York and I'd picked up a deck randomly because somebody was like, Hey, do you, do you like this game? I was like, oh, I've kind of dipped my toe into it, but I've never played it. And uh, he gave me a white weenie deck, which is, you know, small white creatures, yep, you know, yep, yep. O- over, well, overwhelming the opponent. So my first deck was a white weenie soldier deck. That's awesome. And, uh, <laughs> This dude comes down from New York, and uh, he's playing goblins. I like how they always give you a deck that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always a garbage-tier deck that you somehow manage to beat people with. And but then... that's the best way to learn magic, is getting completely slaughtered. And then oh, you're yeah, like, okay, yeah. how did you do that? You know. Well, see, that that's the thing of, uh, that's how I learned how to play magic, and that's how I learned to play video games. Like, you know, the other part of this that I'm going to get into later. Um, I learned how to play magic by getting my ass beat. And then learning from my mistakes and getting better, you know, as you do with anything that you try to learn, you get the crap kicked out of you by experience, and then you learn from that experience and you yeah. get better. So he plays goblins, which is, you know, sacrifice and burn. They jump out like the Marx Brothers and yeah, just they, kill they just everything. Surprise! <laughs> and uh, he, he would beat the crap out of me. Like, I had more creatures, but he would beat me because he had burn spells on top of haste. He could, you know, he could come at me before I could do anything. Nice. So I learned from that. And I started looking into other color decks. And of course, you know, you've got the five colors of magic. You got white, which is like order and healing. You got black, which is decay Death and, and decay, rot. greed, rot, evil. Undeath. You know, the, cla- the classic good and evil scenario white and black, which is racist. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's just rude magic. Uh, red is chaos and freedom and all of that fun stuff. And then uh, green, which is my personal favorite and, life earth regrowth you know, titanic growth oh uh, no <laughs> blanchwood armor <laughs> poison you know you know blanchwood armor oh what's so what that was blue blue is like trickery confusion blue is horse shit that's what blue is i love blue decks <laughs> like uh have you seen that meme on facebook it's uh someone screaming at a, a kid in the back seat it's uh the five colors of magic it's the four colors of magic minus blue is like why can't we all just have fun and blues in the back seat <laughs> <laughs> It's like, no, it's like a screaming <laughs> child in the backseat just shrieking at them like a monster. That's pretty good. That's accurate. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, blue is like, uh, I guess if you had to get down to it, it's like uh, illusion, cerebralness. It's uh, yeah. countering spells. Messing it's, with uh, the mind. Messing Al- with your mind. Altering reality. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah Ixidor reality sculptor. Perfect example. That's you know how I creature. got into it? I was, I was in junior high, and every day, like, I, well, you know how, you, you know me, I... Don't put up with shit from anybody. Right. I treat everybody equally, and once you prove to me that you're an ass, I have nothing to do with you. (laughs) Right. So I was like that in high school. So nobody really ever picked on me. I never fit into a clique or anything. I was just kind of left alone. And uh, I wasn't say I was liked by everybody, but I could hang out with at least someone from every group, you know? Right. And I would... uh, Kevin Bowers, I remember him. Cliff Argo. They they were a couple of classes ahead of me. They would go to the library every day after school, and sit down and play magic. And I would go to the library every day after school because, right. um, you know, I I, I I like I like reading. Right. I've always liked reading. 
and you know just go there and freaking sit in some peace and quiet because my home life was pure hell and you understand know, that just have some peace and quiet away from my fucking parents and the chaos that was going on over there so i just sit right. there and read until the freaking library closed and uh, they would invite me every time hey man you want to play cards with us and i'd look at it i wouldn't make fun of them or anything but i would think to myself this is the nerdiest shit i've ever seen <laughs> i'm like right? no guys I, I appreciate it but no thanks see i identified early that i was a nerd anyway so i just resigned myself to it <laughs> you, you fought it a little bit <laughs> and then uh one day they're sitting there playing and uh, i'm not going to say his name one of the jocks he's cool now but uh he came in started making fun of me every time i come in here you guys are playing this nerdy ass game what are you girls playing trolls and elves and blah 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 and then he looked at me and he goes hey billy look at these geeks man i was like what the hell are you talking about you dork i was about to go over there and play with him he's like get the (laughs) hell out of here it's like yeah take off with that noise so i sat down with him you know to where he would leave them the hell alone right and you know i was like get the hell out of here because i was the only one that had the balls to say it right and he's like well you a nerd too i said beat it man you don't want your ass kicked in the library he's like okay fine you know like a typical bully right he backs down and leaves so i sat down and played with him i was like is he gone Okay, well, I said I'd play with you. And then we started playing, and I was like, man, this game is awesome. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's Dungeons & Dragons as a card game, for the most part. I was like, man, this game uh, is cool. Speaking <laughs> of which, um, in 2021, God, may it be a better year than this one, um, they're going to have an expansion for Magic that's going to be the Forgotten Realms. They're dipping into actual Dungeons & Dragons in Magic the Gathering. Yeah, I heard about that. They're yeah, doing it, like a, they're merging them. Yeah, they're merging D and D and Magic. I mean, they've been putting out fifth edition books for D and D. It's Nerd Valhalla that are, that are Magic the Gathering worlds. Yeah, and it's source books for them. Like they brought out Ravnica. They brought out um, Theros was a good one. That's like a based kind of like Greek gods kind of thing. Uh, the most recent one I think that they brought out though was Ravnica and uh, the freaking place the vampires from. I can't remember the name of the plane to save my life right this second. Vampire it's, uh, land. It's where, it's where Soren Markov is from. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's the plane that he's from uh, that the Eldrazi visited after Zendikar. Uh, there was a second coming for the Eldrazi and they ended up on that plane and they ended up colored, but not colored. Like, they had colors associated with the card itself. Ooh. But it still counted as a colorless creature, which was freaking weird. That's fancy. What were you going to say but, about uh, video games? So... I said it last time that I was on that I would tell the peoples about the time I MLG'd an MLG, which is a major league gamer for anyone that does not know the lingo. Um, and that kind of brings me around to the fact that video games and magic kind of, they kind of correlate for me because they have always kept me from, you know, going bat, bat shit insane. Oh yeah. Um, like growing up, growing up, growing I up with not, depression. I, I, I understand, man. Well, depression and all sorts of other you know, fun stuff <laughs> that I had to deal with on a regular basis, like getting bullied and the crap beating out of me, like in kindergarten, you know, getting thrown off of bleachers by a kid twice my size that was my age, which made no sense. Uh, you know, like big old brute here, and I'm like all of like maybe three and a half feet tall because I was freaking short. It's the true definition of a kid. Ca- of a coward, picking on somebody smaller. Yeah, than he you. he picked me up and threw me off like the third bleacher up. Oh, wow. Onto the concrete. Jeez. I would come home with like bumps and bruises and scrapes and shit from school. Man. And my mother threw a rage fit at the uh, school for it. And they never did anything about it. But she still, oh, of course they she didn't. still stood up for me. And she went up there every time it happened. Schools have not changed. But uh, they say be- that they have no tolerance for bullying or any of that stuff. And that's all they tolerate. No, yeah. And, and ever since the movement, you know, you think and, uh, things had changed and stuff like that. They still tolerate it as much as they ever freaking did. Oh, man. I got rode up more times for defending myself against bullies yeah. 
Then the bullies got in trouble for bullying me and pushing me to it. Yeah. It took me literally hurting somebody to get them to back off of me. You know what's sad? When, you know, I teach these kids to defend themselves. They're, mm-hmm. You've seen them. They're, they're skinny, tiny little things. But I told them you don't have to put up your dukes and fight to get somebody to back the hell off. So I showed well, them a few things. Absolutely. <clears throat> and, you know. Like the way I look at it, there are no rules to a fight. There is survive. My grandpa always said that there is no such thing as a fair fight. This person's trying to take you down. You appear meek and docile when they turn around. You smash them in the back of the head. There is yep. no. Everybody's going to call you a wimp, and you're like, yeah, but I won, didn't I? It's like, okay, who's still standing? <laughs> and I tell my kids so, that. And then it's really sad. I hate hearing this. It's really sad when their next thing that the kids say is, what happens when I get in trouble? I'm like, you, then you tell uh, me. Because no no kid should be in trouble for freaking mm-hmm. standing up for themselves. Exactly. Well, like, my, my situation. These schools are full of shit. Was, uh. Freshman year of high school, you know how most freshmen get treated by the seniors and all that fun mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going to name names, of course, because like some of them I can't remember, and some of them just probably really don't need to be out there because situational bullcrap. And today's world, you can't say jack shit without you know someone getting offended and cancer cult- cancel culturing your ass. So <laughs> I, I was in the lunchroom my freshman year of high school, and I'm you know I'm sitting down waiting for the line to get you know close because i'm not standing up there for half an hour to get food line gets short i get up there i get my food i'm on my way to my table where my you know two friends are sitting at and this dude trips me in the lunchroom typical you know it's a freaking senior football player he trips me my tray hits the floor my food goes everywhere he laughs he thinks it's hilarious the whole lunchroom's laughing he goes onto his table i'm just kind of laying there like okay I got to do something. It's, it's yeah, my freshman he, year. It's going to go on all year. I'm going to be a target the rest of the time I'm here if I don't do something. So I did something stupid that I do not recommend any kid does for uh, Jesus' sake, just because, you know, I don't I don't want to advocate doing something horrendous to someone, but this is me. Don't and, try this at home, kids. Yeah, if you do try it at home, don't blame it on me. I'm not Eminem. <laughs> and don't call me. I get enough of them. Right, yeah. Don't call Billy. Don't call me. We are not Slim Shady. We did not make your kids do it. So, uh... <laughs> I'm not Marilyn Manson. Yeah, there you go. I don't infect the minds of your children. And Billy has all of his <laughs> ribs, so... Well, as far as he knows. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I pick up my tray, which is now empty. I pick up my fork, and I go to his table. And he's sitting there still laughing. And I tap him on the shoulder... And when he turned around, I broke that fucking tray across his face. Ooh. There you go. And uh, lifted my arm to stab him with a fork, which, looking back, was a little much, probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you probably had him at that. Heinous, <laughs> assault, heinous assault aside. You, you had him know, at the tray, I think. Um, the, the fork was probably a bit much. But uh, my arm never came down because the principal of the school, who was all of like six foot seven, six foot eight, and looked like he should have been in a wrestling ring and not a you know, three piece suit running a school, put me. And a full Nelson picked me up and carried me to his office. Really? And when he set me down, asked me to indulge him as to why I was about to try to kill a football player. and uh, Killing one of their precious football players. And I told him what happened. And I told him, look, I this is my freshman year. If I don't do something about them coming at me now, I'm going to be a target and no one's going to leave me alone for the rest of the year. If you write me up, you write me up. If you suspend me, you suspend me. I don't care. I'm going to defend myself. I'm not going to let them just do this to me. And 
he was not the typical teacher. Uh, he said, look, I understand you're not in trouble. I'm not going to write you up. Just stay here for the rest of lunch. I'll go get you another tray. Good man. Uh, calm down. Go to your next class after lunch. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk again later. And he was wherever you are. That I is the way him. a principal is supposed to act, sir. Yeah, well he, done. He was a good man, and I, I loved him to death. He was sadly not our principal the next year. You know what these Reedland schools do? Uh, I'm uh, not kidding you. Reedland. What they do is, if there's a kid bullying another kid, which mm-hmm. I've dealt with multiple times already, then um, I'm, I'm not shitting you. The school here will the elementary, intermediate, and the high school. Right. The high school will sit the bully down with the person that they are in, you know, uh, making life a living hell to. Right. Uh, they'll make these two people sit down and talk things out. Yeah. Medi- mediate uh-huh. it. Sure. It's like, are you serious? You're going to have someone who picks on somebody for no damn reason. Somebody that mentally twisted. Yep. And you're going to sit them in the same room with somebody they've been tormenting. Imagine how the other person feels. Yeah. Like, the other person is- doesn't want to be there. They're, that's, like an anxiety attack. Like you don't want that they psycho don't babble bullshit. You just if if you're bullying somebody, you need to be freaking punished. Period. Absolutely. And you know, I thank him for the way he handled it because he could have suspended me and would have been well within his rights to do so. Because the dude may have tripped me, I knocked him out in front of the lunchroom. <laughs> he never messed with you again, did he? Oh no, he was he was a uh, senior football player, and you know, I had carpentry after this, right? Like that was my homeroom was the carpentry class. Ooh, carpentry class. That's and, uh, cool. That, that was my home room. Ooh, but, microphone. But, you know, the... Uh, God, you did it again. I know. Damn it. I always uh, like... Uh, there we go. It's okay. You know what's funny? The first podcast we did together, you did not punch the microphone. No, and I, I didn't. I think it's the only episode you haven't that and I And I just accidentally counted. punched it twice, so we yeah. made up for yeah, it. Yeah, we made up for it double time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was my homeroom class. Like, it wasn't actual class time, but, he, you know, he I was... He was in your class? I was in carpentry class in the mornings, and then that class was my homeroom in the afternoon. So... I, I asked our homeroom teachers, hey, uh, you, you're the teacher. You know I've got an assignment that is due in carpentry in the morning. Can I go out and work on it? Went out and worked on it. Well, the seniors typically would come down to the carpentry class just to chill out and work on whatever they're doing, you know, just hang out because they don't want to be in their regular homeroom. So they come down to his class, and he doesn't care. You know, he's chill. And uh, all the senior football players circled me. And, Whoa. you know, I had that, oh, shit look on my face. I picked up. I don't know what it was. Maybe a gouge or something. I don't know. It, it was something sharp and pointy. And uh, when they surrounded me, I was like, all right, which one of you wants it next? There you I, go. I, I will leave here on my back, but I promise I'm going to hurt one of you. Stick up for yourself. And uh, That's right. One of them that... Uh, I, I might be going to hell, but I'm taking I, one I, of you with I know, me. I know the guy to this day, and he's he's a great dad now. He's a, he's an amazing person. He was great back then. I didn't even realize it till this, t- till this day. And uh, he walks up and goes, nah, dude. Uh, we got nothing but respect for you. He shouldn't have done you that way. We got your back. If anybody messes with you, you tell us. Yeah, see? So for the rest of my senior year, the whole football team had my back. That's awesome. Because I punked out one of their own because he bullied me. And that's I, put, not, I put him down in front that's of That's very everybody. unusual, too. Dude, it was weird. Ballard County in general, back then especially, our athletes were strange. Like There were some weird guys, like good guys, like most of them, thankfully. But wow. th- they were weird, man. Uh, there was one that uh, our coach made some uh, probably less than polite comments about him because he was uh, he was an old white man who was probably born in like the 1930s or something. So um, he he was not exactly politically correct. And uh, there was a guy on the football team. <laughs> he was team. old school, wasn't he? Didn't yeah, he, he was shit. old school, old school. And uh, this uh, 
this one dude on the team had like the longest damn arms. He could pitch a football 50 yards. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, he said, man, old boy got monkey arms, don't he? I'm like, oh, God dang it, coach. Really? You had to say that. It's like, you're, you're going you're, you're gonna to get called into the office. You know that, right? My metal shop teacher was missing three fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mr. Dresser, I, I, I shit you not, he was missing three fingers. So the first day oh boy. in the class, with every class that he was in, he would hold up his hand and be like, this safety is, first, guys. You like, listen to what I tell you because this happens. And he's like, you know, people used to make fun of him all the time. He's oh like, hey, God. how great is it that your shop teacher is missing three fingers? Because I can tell you from experience, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> why we need to be safe like in metal safety shop. Safety first, kids. And he, I, I believe he did it uh, while he was instructed. And, and see, the funny thing is he can tell you from experience, this is why you do not keep your hand close to the bandsaw. Exactly. That's why I would take marriage advice from somebody who is divorced other than somebody who's been mm-hmm. married for a thousand years. They know right. what not to do. Yeah, they know what not to do, to you know, what mistakes not to repeat. Yeah. It's like, like uh, Metallica. They said they learned more about touring mm-hmm. with uh, by seeing what Guns N' Roses did right. and learning what not to do. <laughs> yeah, seeing what not to <laughs> than do. Than hanging out the... with these bands that really had their shit together. Right. I mean, you know, that's like, uh, like my father, anybody that knows me, my father was like divorced and married seven times. Seven. Wow. And uh, two, like four of them were to the same two women. So he married her, divorced her, married her again, divorced her again, then met the next one, married her, divorced her, married her again, divorced her, Got done with that mess. She whiz. Got the third <laughs> wife for the fifth time. Got married. Divorced her. Married my mother. Divorced her. Or, well, she divorced him. So th- this was the first. He split from her, not the other way around. And then his last <laughs> wife, they were married all of three months. And when she said, it's either me or them, and them was me and my little sister, he said, okay, pack up. Bye. Yeah, that's it. You don't say that. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah you're like, yeah, bye, Felicia. You're done. <laughs> but uh, going back to, like, you know, all of that goes into the fact that video games kept my my brain in sync because I didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, kindergarten, like I said, you know, I got the crap beat out of me on a regular basis for being smaller than everybody. I didn't have any friends. My mother bought me a Sega Genesis. That was my friend. That was my first actual friend, which is depressing as hell and sad to hear it out loud. No, it, it's not. Um, I get it. Like, I had a Game Boy, like one of those big brick Game Boys, the big white ones. Yeah. I had one of those and had a Super Mario Land and Tetris on it and played that. I was like that with music, man. I mean, I, I always had I always had friends because, you know, I just... I right. Know. It, it just wasn't living friends. They were inanimate things that were more our friends. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I did have a lot of, you know, physical human being friends, but I was, I was often embarrassed by... How things were at home and right, how my right. parents treated things and how they reacted to things, their right. irresponsibility. I was embarrassed to have friends over, really. So, right. Yeah, it's like when you're embarrassed to have actual people over to your house, you're like, mm, no, I'll just stick and to I these couldn't go over, over there judge me. because, you know, the only time I really saw my friends was at school. Right. Uh, they wouldn't let us have sleepovers, you know, stuff like that, which right. some just... of the things I don't blame them, but my parents let my brother have a sleepover one time. One time. <laughs> Once. Came back with lice. They said oh, never Jesus. again. Yep, never again. <laughs> but you know, I did get to hang out. I had I had friends, but right. at, at home when I knew I couldn't get the hell out of there, I had, you know, I had my record player and I had, I had, uh, I had Journey, I had, you know, the the old Motown records. I had Ray Charles. I right. had, uh, you know, Jim Croce. I had James Taylor. 
you know, right. You had your music. I had you Led Zeppelin, into, and that and that was your that was your comfort. That was your yeah. friend while at home. I had Buddy Rich. I had Queen. You know. So you know, I had I had Sonic the Hedgehog. I had Mortal Kombat. I had a game that probably nobody else in the world played, probably but me and like two other people. Primal Rage. So me me being ten years old and sitting in the middle of my room, and listening to Dark Side of the Moon, mm-hmm. just getting lost. Was you playing? Was me like going through the street, Genesis? Me going through Street Fighter on hard mode because I didn't have any friends, so I needed a challenge. You know, well, that's cool. And, uh, you know, that's that's how video games became important to me. That was my coping mechanism for depression and, you know, loneliness, essentially. And even when I started getting friends, you know, like fourth, fifth grade, which is really depressing. <laughs> but, you know, uh, the first time I started having people actually come to my house and, you know, go out in the yard and play ball with me or something. Normally, we would actually end up being geared more towards the same kind of video games. And we would end up in my room playing PlayStation or sick or whatever. And video games became really important to me because that was how I bonded with other people for were the first your, time. Were your parents supportive with that? or uh, My dad, not so much. Were um, they like mine where they bought me this stuff? I never went with that whenever I wanted something. Right. Mostly it was my grandpa. Little did I know that <laughs> right. actually bought me most of the shit that I had because my parents were irresponsible with money. Right. But um, mostly they bought me this stuff to kind of... I. The way, I've, the way I see it now is that I think they bought me a lot of this stuff to kind of keep me out of the way. Right, to keep you busy or keep you out of the way. Keep me out right. of the way, yeah. Like, uh, Were your parents like it, that, or did they well, support no, it was, you? Well, my dad, he didn't care, because uh, by the time, you know, uh, the PlayStation especially, when it came out, my mom and dad were already divorced. Uh, so, you know, he was living elsewhere. Me and mom had the house. So did they buy into uh, that video games make kids violent shit? No, absolutely not. They didn't? Because I was living proof that it wasn't. They were smart enough to see through um, that. Because I played Mortal Kombat <laughs> and would rip someone's spine out for a for you know a fatality or something and then i wasn't hitting people at school i wasn't exactly. getting violent unless i was picked on or retaliated to somebody says the guy who you know uh, broke someone's face with a tray no i'm just kidding well, I mean, i'm just kidding you, know, you get knocked down you know <laughs> no, you get that, back up again kids at home that's very different okay i'm just oh, yeah, giving yeah. him they're, i'm they're just giving a, him shit oh no no stand um, up for yourself in, in the words of a uh, an irish youtuber that i've gotten into watching a lot here lately it's a it's called taking the piss out of somebody Taking the piss. I Taking love that. the piss. That's what they call it. The it's English a, say that too, but yeah. they, their term for it is, um, you know, just being a jerk for no reason yeah. is taking a piss. I love that. Yeah, it's uh, I love that. There, there's a YouTuber. Uh, I'll, I'll have to turn you on to him at some point. He's hilarious. I think you'll get a kick out of him. Uh, but he's like, uh, me and the boys would take the piss out of each other constantly. <laughs> and the reason for that is... Uh, we would take the piss out of each other yeah. constantly. Yeah, we take the I piss out of each other that way that nobody gets a big head. What does the matter with you? It's like, what's the matter with you, you tiny brained ween? It's like, you know, they'll, they'll make fun of each other. They'll hit each other's shortcomings as hard as possible. That's awesome. Just to screw with each other and to keep one another See, humble. If, you're, if your girlfriend looks at you and your guy friend and wonders if you're gay, <laughs> <laughs> that means that you're really good friends. Like, oh my God. I'll, you're not you truly friends unless your girlfriend looks at you guys and goes, man, are they, you know, thank you for that segue for this. Um, <laughs> I know you're listening because I turned you onto this podcast, David. Um, my, my thank wife, you, David, my wife, um, asked me how my husband was doing while I was in Arizona because, uh, my best friend, David Peterson, um, he is, yeah, you know, but he is like, the weirdest kind of person you could ever meet because you would never expect a gay man to be able to break down an AR-15 in less than five minutes, clean it, and put it back together. That's cool. So He's, he's, he's like that's awesome. manly man as hell, but he just happens to like men. You know, which is, I don't care, whatever. Yeah. You know, but my wife will screw with me. It's like, <laughs> hey, how's your husband? And without 
missing a beat. I was like, oh, he's fine. How are he's you? He's fine, darling. I'm like, he's fine. I was like, oh, he's fine. We cuddled last night. Too bad you weren't here. <laughs> and uh, she just, she got mad. Well, she I'm got showing so picture, <laughs> people pictures of Matt Van Dyne. You know, I'm like, okay, this is my first wife here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she, uh, her and all my friends, like Josh, uh, my friend Jamie, my friend Tracker, uh, they all, like, David's His name is husband. Tracker? It's not his actual name, but Damn. that's what we call him. I was hoping that was his given name. I was like, dude, how cool is that? His name's Tracker. What's his actual name? Jacob. Jacob. Yeah. Um, Jacob, change your name to Tracker because that's wicked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go to the courthouse. We, I've always, we've always called him that. Uh, he was wearing a Tracker hat, like Tracker boats, I guess. It was a hat that he was wearing. And I didn't know his name. And I saw the hat and said, Tracker. I said, hey, Tracker. And it happened to be that everyone else calls him that too. What do they call you? Yeah, we're not going to get into that. This is a. Uh, oh, okay. Like, uh, it's something we can't even say on no disclosure. I mean, I'm sure we probably could, but I don't want you getting more phone calls. No, you know? I don't want any. <laughs> no more. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, fat man, I think is one of them. Uh, the the more PG ones, and of course, you know, I'm like, yeah, what do you want, you frizzy haired Jew? Because uh, <laughs> my friend, my friend Josh, has the curliest man fro, and the biggest damn nose. Rocking the fro. So he'll call me, hey, fat boy, or hey, fat man, and I'll be like, yeah, what's up, frizzy hair? Some Jew boy, <laughs> you give him the Jew jokes. Yeah, yeah, we throw we throw jokes at each other constantly. Oh, that's cool. And uh, you know, I have a rule. Whenever I give a nickname to a friend, mm-hmm. if they like it, I have to choose a different one. Yep. Uh, like if they hate their nickname, yeah, it's got to piss them. It's got to piss them off. Yeah. Uh, my friend Justin Wayne Bennett. Mm-hmm. Um, he was born. Uh, he was in the hospital, I believe. I don't know if he was just born that night. I know he was still in the hospital. Right. The night that Ozzy Osbourne bit the head off the bat. <laughs> oh, God. In Des Moines, Iowa. He was there in the hospital being born that night. Justin Wayne Bennett. Wow. So I was like, you're Batman. And he goes, no, it's stupid. <laughs> and I was like, perfect. He hates it. Batman. Yeah. And every year for his birthday, Christmas, we would get him Batman stuff. To this day, right. you're like, what's up, Batman? He's like, man, please. Like, Screw you, dude. Knock it off. <laughs> I was like, it's see perfect. What, see, what's funny is David goes by Batman, but just I love you, Batman, if you're listening. But, Justin, I love you. Batman. David goes by Batman, but just to Just Hamburgers. What? <laughs> yeah. So he he had a black Trans Am, and uh, when he worked for the uh, for the school district, he was he was a bus driver, and he would come through the Just Hamburgers drive through in his black Trans Am back when he had it, <clears throat> and uh, he would uh, come up to the windows like, "Hey, Batman," and they would call him that because of the black Trans. So. <laughs> Every time he goes into Just Hamburgers now, when he's home, you're like, uh, yeah, I'll, this is what I want. He'll give him his orders. Like, oh, what's the name on that? Oh, Batman. <laughs> Batman. So, so they have to call out Batman when his stuff's ready. Every, every time, yeah. That's and, awesome. And, and they love it because they know him and they know who it is. Oh, it's okay. So, so, so look at on the microphone. like, uh, order for Batman. Order for Batman. <laughs> and everyone in the restaurant just stops and looks. They're pretty cool at Just Hamburgers, too. Yeah, they're awesome. You uh, see that, like, their logo looks like the Black Sabbath logo? Yes, How yes, cool is that? They're, they're amazing, dude. They're big metalheads over there. And he, he introduced me to them, too. And he's a big video game nerd, just like I am. Matter of fact, he uh, he bought me Soul Calibur Four just so he could beat my ass with Yoda. <laughs> Specifically to beat my ass with the little ring guy. So he's still a big gamer, then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. Jo- like, all my friends, we're all big game geeks. Uh, me and Tracker actually were talking about a... Uh, a video game last night that's on the PC called Space Station 13 and it is a fan-made aliens game so like you know aliens uh, like the xenomorphs yeah. it's a fan-made game cuz there was only one good game well two 
good I, alien games ever made. I, I don't think, know. Alien versus Predator Extinction was good. I enjoyed that. But that's because I just enjoyed alien being Isolation, alien. man. I haven't got to play it yet. Uh, you haven't played Alien I Isolation? Play Holy balls. I did play the terrible one, though. I played Colonial no, Marines. No, no. Don't play that. <laughs> <laughs> I played, alien Isolation. I'm not, I'm not kidding. The greatest video game Sega has ever made. And I almost didn't buy it. Right. Because I'm like, oh, great. Colonial Marines sucked donkey balls. Right. And yeah, then God, it was bad. I'm like, okay, Alien Isolation. Yeah, it looks kind of cool. Let's give it a shot. I look at the thing. It says Sega. I'm like, okay, never mind. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> not, yeah no. But it, it is one of the not just best Alien games ever made. It's one of the, my favorite games ever made. Right. You've I mean, got to play it. Like, my favorite game series, like franchise, I'm obsessed. Like, it, it's an obsession. Like, my wife sometimes thinks I like this franchise more than I love her. Uh, I am obsessed with Resident Evil. Oh man, like, you got to talk to Cassie. Ob- like obsessed, but I hate the live action movies. Like I, I watched them. Cassie's I the opposite because she was exposed to Resident she, Evil the films first. Right. She was. She got the films first, so that's what she knew. And then first, guys right. like me, I grew up playing the games like right. you did. And then you see the movies, you're like, what is like, this crap? What is this hot mess? Like this. This is no stupid. Like you know. You know what I looked at? I looked at those movies for the longest time, and I actually figured something out. One of the reasons for uh, those movies to exist is for Paul W.S. Anderson to show his wife's boobs as often as possible on film. Which I'm, I don't complain about. I mean, I'm not, not okay with that. But, but they should have, instead of ignoring the source material, they should have just right. called it, you know, my wife's boobs. Yeah, my, my wife's chest, which is lacking, sadly. I would have totally went to the theater for every sequel. Right? You know, you don't have to call it Resident Evil. It's like, it's just, uh, just say it's another Mia Jovovich nude scene. Just call it multi-pass. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Multi-pass the, multi-pass Man, the Man, her in the fifth element. Ooh. Oh yeah, goodness. That started the red my redhead obsession. Did, yeah, kind of part of mine too. I uh, do. Did, I got a, I got a thing for redheads, did, man. Did you see her in uh, Married with Children? No. Yeah, Nuh-uh. she she was the French exchange student in Married with Children that really? uh, competed with Kelly. Okay. Sure was. I got to see this. Yeah, it was awesome, and she has like long hair. Mia Jolovich Married with Children. I didn't. She. I didn't know she was in that. Yeah. And. Uh, and, and, she was, and she was gorgeous. A very young Mia. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that was the first time I ever saw Mia Jovovich and didn't realize it. And then, of course, I saw The Fifth Element, which had her in it. And then I knew her from that and then saw her in Resident Evil. I was like, well, the first one's okay. Second movie, I was like, okay, yeah, they, they did better than the first one. So kudos to that. Three and onward, I was like, are we are we done with this yet? Can, can That's crazy. Done? I didn't know she was on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Do you know where a lot of careers started? Sitcom television. That and Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, God, yeah. A lot of people who became bigger stars, they started doing you know, those cheesy reenactments. I, mm-hmm. I love Unsolved Mysteries. Sorry oh, I yeah, said I the word too. cheesy. Oh, no, they are cheesy, but that's part of what makes them great. But it's wonderful. And uh, Matthew McConaughey, I saw the one with it. That yep. was, I was like, dude. <laughs> but a lot of people's you know, careers started doing oh, yeah. those silly yeah, reenactments. But, you know, I, I loved all those old sitcoms and stuff. Like, me and my dad, that so was... So she, she played a French exchange student? Yeah, she was a French exchange student that ended up competing with Kelly uh, in school for boys' attention. All right, I gotta see this. And she was drawing attention off of Kelly. And Kelly just hated it. So she ends up sabotaging her towards the end of the episode. Oh, please don't copyright strike us, Fox. She takes off her jacket. Yep. <laughs> and then Kelly's like, oh, shit. That's a very, very good French accent. I like it. Yeah, she she did really well. And that, like, you know, that's where I knew her from first. 
and didn't know it. Shout out to uh, Claire, uh, the actual French uh, foreign exchange student that was at my school. Claire, I don't... Uh, there was a French foreign exchange student that went to our school, and she, um, she she's a... a She's a beautiful human being, and Claire, if you're listening, I love you. She's the first person, still to this day, for when it, when it's my birthday, mm-hmm. when it's whatever. She's a, I, I guess because she's from France and she's up before right, anybody time else. Time zone. She's ahead of everybody. Yeah. Still, I'm not gonna count that. Damn it. It's like we're gonna call that time travel, she's and the, she's saying it from the future. She's the first person to wish me happy birthday. All that, but she came to our school in 2001. Right. And I've always respected the French. I don't think that they have gotten anywhere near the respect here in America that oh, they no, freaking deserve no, because not. not only did they help us win our fucking revolution, you know, you know. and they gave us the Statue of Liberty, which <laughs> yeah. not a lot of people know, which that surprises the hell out of me that people didn't know that the Statue of Liberty came from France. It was a freaking gift, man. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it uh, you know, 2001. So that happened mm-hmm. um, at the, you know, end of part of the year and she's out there candlelight vigils, weeping with everybody um, you know, it, it was just, it was incredible. She really, she, did, she gave a lot of respect to people that she barely even knew. So, I mean, that, that's wonderful. She's a wonderful human being for that. Yeah. Claire, if you're listening, I absolutely love you. She's, she's an amazing person. J- just from the sound of it. I love you. Cause that makes you a great <laughs> human being. And we are in short supply of those these days. She was, she was there with us. The, the whole thing, all the vigils, other, she cried with us. She stayed Man. with us. It was incredible. It was amazing. You know, I, I hate to like be that person to bring it up to people, but you know, the, the, the song, where were you when the world stopped turning? Right. That, that country music song. Yeah. I remember exactly where I was. Where were you? I was in my carpentry class, first hour, uh, you know, seven something in the morning, sitting there drawing up plans for like what we were going to do for our final project uh, at the end of the semester, you know, in December, which we were having to make park benches. So we were drawing up our, you know, uh, plans for, you know, this is how many, the angle that we have to cut this uh, two by four at and stuff. We were doing our in-class work for that, not shop work, when... A teacher comes to the door, you know, we get the, it's like, oh, someone's at the door. Hang on a second, guys. So I'll, I'll be back with you in a second. He goes to the door and uh, someone says something to him and he just kind of, you know, you see his head dip a little bit because he, he was in the service at one point. Uh, oh. he, he was in the army. Yeah. And uh, he, he nods his head and shuts the door and he comes back up to the front of the class and says, um, children, I, I want to let you know the United States has been attacked by terrorists. And we're going to stop everything we're doing right now. And we're going to turn on the TV. And this is something that you kids are going to need to see because it's history happening right now. Yeah. And he turns on the TV to News Channel 6. And there's the first tower, you know, smoking. Was, so the second one know, hadn't hit yet. Uh, we watched the second one hit live on the news. Yeah. That, that that's, was a... Uh, that's kind of how mine went down, it too. It actually makes, like, it makes me get more emotional now because I realize the implications of what I saw live on television now as an adult. I didn't really understand it then because I was a kid. Yeah. But I realized, you know, now watching that live on television, I've watched 3,000 people die. Yeah. I I, I bought that, the, that was, the Memoriam DVD, well, the uncut footage, all of it. When right. that DVD came out, I think mm-hmm. it was released by Time Magazine. And yeah. Yeah. I watch it once a year. It's very, very difficult to well, like, watch. There, there's a thing on Facebook that got shared around around that, that time this year. So every September, you um, know, I'm quite it's, morose uh, on that day, and I got tried tears on my face. The yep. kids are like, what's wrong, Daddy? He's like, so I just watched a movie. I, I just remember. That's all I tell them is I, I, I just watched like, a Like, you know, today's movie. kids, you know, a lot of them weren't even born then. No. And it, but, but they do need be... to see it. Now, I'm glad I bought that DVD. Um, right. Because when they're older, that's something they're going to have to watch 
unedited, uncut. Yep. Yeah, they, yep. they just have to see. Well, it. like there's a thing on Facebook now that um, it's um, recordings from from the airplanes. Yeah, from you know the pilots the and the staff, and the, like the black box recording. And there's like voicemails from people who were, uh, you know, they were on the planes before they went down, saying, "Hey, um, our plane's been hijacked, and we don't know if we're gonna make it." I just wanted to tell you I love you. You know, it's stuff like that. And then, of course, those people didn't survive that, obviously. So it's... Whew. Sorry. No, it's, it's rough. I, I um, still... You know, uh, I, I listen to it out of respect for them because I want to know, you know, those people lost their lives. No, I, I don't feel bad, man. Was, I, I still... I, I think about them all the time. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, it was it was over 20 years ago, almost get over it. It's like, you know what? Screw you. No, there is no getting over it. I'm not going to get over watching 3,000 people die on live national television. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I remember my my dad was cool enough to, what, after I graduated, because this right. was like a month, not even that, a couple of weeks after I graduated high school. Right. My dad was cool enough. He said, you know what? I'm going to give you a year. I'm going to give you a year just to be a kid, just right. to be a teenager and enjoy your life. After that year, you go out, get your ass a job, right. go back to school. But go back to school, get a job, do something, but only you cool got a thing, year to screw around. Yeah, every, only cool thing he'd ever done for me. He's like, I'm giving you a year. Right. And it was during that time. And I'm upstairs sleeping, you know, like I normally would, get yep. up at like noon, you know. Right. Until I got my shit together and realized, okay, I'm running out of time. I got to have a full day here and enjoy it. <laughs> right. But my dad, um, I heard him downstairs he wasn't an emotional guy. He thought right. that he thought he was one of those guys that thought suppressing his emotions made him that, that made you more stronger manly, or manly you, or some fucking reason. Yeah. But anyway, my man was kind of like that unless he was drunk and then he was the emotional. Yeah. So. <laughs> I woke up. He was screaming. I mean, fucking screaming. I thought right. he'd hurt himself. And I woke up and dad goes, get down here right now. Get down here. So I hauled ass downstairs. And right when I got there, the second plane hit. Oh, man. And we sat there in complete silence. It was two days. Two days. Nobody slept. Nobody did anything. Jesus. We just sat there. And... Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of day, right? It's, it, it's, uh, but, it, it's, um, an, it's an emotional thing to like even think back about. 20 years almost since then, and it still... It hits you fresh like it hits me fresh. And I told my dad, uh, he was sitting next to me, I was like, Dad, uh, don't think this is weird, and this isn't a flight of fancy moment of anger thing, but um, I, I think I need to go talk to a recruiter. And he went, okay. So I right. went down to the Navy recruiting office. Uh, I signed up, lost 50 pounds, and right. joined the Navy. My dad was in the Navy. Uh, he was in the Navy during Vietnam. But it, it, it so. was it was horrible because when I saw that happen, I was like, I considered it. I didn't consider it my duty or patriotic or any of that shit. Although I did feel that. Right. I wanted fucking revenge. I was like, I knew that three thousand people died for no reason. We're right. gonna go, or at least I hoped at, at that anyway point, you that we would go after the fucking person that actually did it. Right. You know. So I thought, you know, I I I want to take some of these sons of bitches to hell. For doing what they did. I want it like straight up. I was homicidal right. Right. after that, that, seeing that. That young person, young male vitriol, that I was. venom, right? I was homicidal. And, I and wanted there, to there kill were, somebody. There were a lot of people that were like that then. And like, of course, you know, no disclosure. Obviously, we don't do like politics, so to speak, you know, as far as politics goes. Yeah. But this was a historical event that it had an, an emotional effect on you, on me. It hit affected how we developed after that it affected the the men we became after yeah. that and i don't right? look down on anybody that didn't join and, the military uh, after that it's just that and i, of I course, felt you like know, that was something i had to do 
there, then, there were a lot of people that the moment they saw that, they went to recruiters' offices. There were a dude, lot of them. I barely got into the military as it was, and then I aggravated an old injury when I was there. Right, medical discharge. And they discharged me. I was three days away Damn. from graduating boot camp and Damn. fucked my legs up to the point where uh, 90% cartilage damage in right leg, 80% in the other leg. And so you were almost deployed, almost there. I was almost done. And, you know, there were people like officers, like the toughest guys I've ever seen, you know, like even after I got home, calling right. up and checking up on me because they knew right. how that would affect them, you know? That would affect them, you know? They how- would call me all the time and be like, dude, you didn't fail, you didn't fail, you didn't... You know. well, right, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that you failed, it was that your body just couldn't handle it. It took a long time to get over that. I imagine. And remember Art Spears at Best Buy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember Art. Art. <laughs> I, I I love Art, but I don't think he liked me at all. <laughs> I don't think Art liked a lot of people. At first. He's like at a father first, to me right? now. He's like a dad to me now. But uh, I don't think he liked me because he he was in Vietnam and, you know, and all that stuff. He's a black right. man and, right. you know, treated like how they were in Vietnam. He, you know, spit yeah. on when they came home and stuff like that. And yeah, that, that was... I would be sitting there, yeah. you know, and then he'd look at my tattoos and then he would say stuff just to see if I would get pissed at him. Right. Because, you know, art's like that. Right. And, you know, he wants to see if you got a set of balls. So he told me one day, I'm sitting in the break room talking to uh, Marissa, actually. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was sitting there talking to her and he goes, you know that tattoos are stupid. I was like, all right, I've had enough. I was like, listen to me, old man. <laughs> you talk to me like that again. I don't care if we're at work. I'm going to come up to your desk and I'm going to break your fucking hip. I was like, shut the hell up and leave me alone. I'm a grown ass man. I'll kick your ass. Let me guess. After that, it was like. He just kind of nodded. It was Didn't say nothing to me for a few days. Didn't say nothing. And then one day he noticed my dog tags under my shirt and he came up to me and he's like, why are you wearing your dog tags under your shirt? I was like, I swear to God, man, you messing with me again. I'm going to kick your ass. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm serious. Why are you wearing the dog tags under your shirt? And I was like, well, I told him the story and I said, I got injured in boot camp again and i didn't feel like i deserved it so on memorial you know veterans days at church i don't stand up i don't right. go to the va i don't any because of that. you don't feel like you deserve it and he sat there and chastised me he said <laughs> you wear those dog tags outside of your clothes he's like would you have died for this country i was like oh you're damn right and he's like, like then show it with pride and he's like well, you Do- wear those- doesn't matter if you washed out because of an injury you still tried yeah and the fact that you tried and you almost graduated and the injury was the only thing that kept you out you have every reason to be proud to be a veteran because you were and he, he, you just didn't get to, just because you didn't see a battlefield. He was cool with me one. like that. He's like, no, you, you. He's like, you deserve to wear that just as much as I do. He's like, you right. would have died for this country that was out of your hands. It's nothing you did. Right. And it was cool. He, he became a. He's he's a very much a mentor. And see that that's great that you were able to get that from him after that. Like he picked on you totally forever. <laughs> till you stood up to him, right? You know, that, I told that him I was going to break his hip. Going back to that bully thing, right? It's like, someone's bullying me. You know what? Screw off, dude. I will hurt you. Back off me. And I love art so much, but I wish and, he didn't do that, you know, right? to see. I, like, I, I don't like that when people, you know, to see how much balls you have or right. if you're worthy of respect to mess with you. I yeah. wish he would have done that, you know, to begin with. But right? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, but I that's, love him. that's something that mentors apparently just do. Like, people that you look up to, like, they apparently just, they screw with you until you bite back. Then they start the mentoring. Yeah. They want to see if you'll stand up to them first. Then Which, they'll mentor. You know what? You kind of did put it into perspective for me just now. Maybe he did see me as somebody he could mentor and talk to, but he wanted to be like, okay. He wanted to make sure you had the cojones Let's to see if this guy's first. got some balls. Yeah. Right. Because he so, I mean, I think you're right, actually, because Art didn't, he wasn't like that with anybody else. Right. So, I mean, if he was throwing that venom at you, but then out of nowhere, he was just 
friendly after that. And I remember telling people that. I was like, he is not unpleasant. He's not an unpleasant. He's nice to everybody. Why does he pick on me all the time? Right. And it, maybe he saw something kindred in you that he needed to take care of or help mentor. I don't know. Maybe I mean, he th- did. There, are, there are people that do that. Like, uh, I, I'm not overly religious just because I had a bad taste in my mouth from some stuff that happened in a former church that we used to go to. So I'm not overly religious like a lot of people are. Uh, I don't like you know profess my faith out there like like a lot of people do and like well, I know, you know what, I know what, you have great you, you faith. know what Jesus said on the cross right I mean, uh, your that. church your church <laughs> was totally right when Jesus was on the cross he said hey w- hold up real quick I I can't be crucified yet does anybody have a nice pressed three piece suit right? I can wear right I mean that that man suffered on that cross for how long like hours for people that hated him mm-hmm. and like I. I you know, I was raised Baptist, so I, I was it one of those churches values. where it was like uh, comparing well, each other's outfits and it was more. Uh, it was at the time that my father had married his last wife. If that tells you anything, um, she was actually the instigator behind that incident. Um, she cussed my mother up and down outside the actual uh, whatever the hell you call it, the room of the pews, on the grounds of the church, in the church, not on the ground, inside the church, outside the doors where you like go in to sit down. You can't do that. that. (laughs) You just hit the thing. But, uh, that's holy ground, man. She cussed my mother in front of the preacher, in front of everybody, like the whole congregation, everybody. And not a word was said to that woman. That's holy ground, man. One word was said to that woman. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't want nothing to do with this now. Wow. So I, you know, I had a bad taste in my mouth from it. But uh, there's a song, it's, uh, I think it's Alabama, I think that sings it. It's uh, Angels Among Us. Yeah. Like they're, you know, they're sent here to guide us. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that was it. Maybe he was that for you. Maybe he was that guiding angel you needed. Yeah. I mean, my dad, as much as I have venom for my old man for some of the things that we had happen between us, I have nothing but love for that man. And had he not done what he did when he passed away, I would not have my home. Like, I wouldn't have a home right now. I'd be in an apartment somewhere. I'm glad you at least have that with um, with your dad before you know he you know, passed. I mean, you're well, able I mean, to it, say it, that. it was like right before you know, like a couple of years before he passed. Act, act matter of fact, um, the best years I had getting along with my father at all were after me and my wife got together as a couple, and she was the first person I was ever with that he approved of. How long did he live after that? Uh, we got together in 2012, and he died in 2016, so four years. So you got to have a good four years. Uh, about at- about four years or so. Um, Did seeing you get married kind of change him? Uh, he died before we got married. He didn't even get to see it. Oh, really? Yeah, he wow. uh, he got into a four wheeler accident in 2015. Yeah, he and then told me died that. in 2016. And we got married in October. Of oh, 2016. that's right. Yeah, you did tell me that. But uh, man, you know, we had we had a better relationship while me and Kirsten got together. Me and him had a better relationship. We talked more. I would go over and sit with him and visit with him. I'm jealous, man. My and, dad's uh, a monster. I'll never you know, get along with him. Um, I got a video somewhere uh, i'll show it to you later after we're off of here of uh my dad playing his bass along with uh sharp dressed man yeah yeah and something told me to hit something told me to record that i don't know what the hell it was i just got this feeling said you need to record this so i did and that ended up being the last day i saw him in his home alive Hmm. whenever i'm working on a new album let remind me of that i'll put it on it but uh yeah he was that man was a lot of things to me. Uh, sometimes he was a monster. Sometimes he was a mentor. Sometimes he was a, he was a dick. Like no no two ways about it. He could be a dick. But I loved my old man no matter what. I can't relate to that. I've always been nice to everybody my whole life. Never yeah. let anybody down ever. Oh no, I, I let people down on the regular. So I, I, I got you covered. 
I, I can do it for you. I've actually been reaching out but, to uh, people here lately that, you know, I kind of screwed over when I was a teenager, just trying yeah, to make I, amends for I, things. I saw a know. status on that, so I, I noticed that. And then my luck, it, it's kind of my resolution this year is to mm-hmm. reach out to people that I've let down and people I've hurt and stuff in the past. And, right, right, right. You know, to recon- I've reconnected with some friends and some seriously just said, I hope you die, slam the door in your face, don't fucking message me again. Yep. A lot of people have said that, can't blame them. Yeah, can't blame them after, you know, the I used past to, and whatnot. I'm and, a former drug addict, man. You know? But I mean, but you tried though. You, tr- you tried for that stuff. forgiveness and th- there's something to be said for that. You put effort into trying to earn that yeah. forgiveness. And I'm not mad at them for whether reacting. They, whether they give it to you or not. Yeah. Is beside the point. And I'm not mad at them for reacting the way that they I mean, did. I know. deserve that shit. <laughs> well, I understand that. God knows I deserve quite a bit of vitriol <laughs> coming my way one of these days, I'm sure. But, and then, lo and behold, my luck, where I start reconnecting with some of these people, yep. somebody hacks my account. Oh, yeah. And I, I saw that. apparently I'm sending people the most heinous crap. I kind of wish I'd have gotten one of those messages. No. I kind of wish I did. <laughs> it was Cause, horrible. Because the moment I would have seen it, I'd been like, that's some funny shit. I got to tell Billy about this. It was worse than the stuff that I normally say. <laughs> is that a thing? Holy crap. Which is bad. Well, man, we just hit an hour. Oh, wow. Already. Holy crap. Okay, so I, I promised it last time. That I guess we'll, we'll go out with this. Okay. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm a video gamer. Uh, I went to the Middle Tennessee Anime Convention, uh, MTAC for short, and uh, I was playing in a... Soul Calibur tournament. And, you know, this is a fighting game. If anyone's not familiar with Soul Calibur, it's a fighting game where you play as a character that uses medieval weaponry, uh, rapiers, vihanders, you know, what have you, to uh, to beat your opponent. And it's uh, best out of three. So it's, you know, you win two rounds in a row, you win. So this is a tournament that had maybe like 20 people in it. And we had a professional video game player, a major league gamer, enter the tournament. He was using Nightmare, which, uh, if you don't know, it's a big, heavy-handed sword using monster. Uh, yeah. And uh, throughout yeah. the entire tournament, he's talking trash to people, and he, he's using the big game pad, you know, the one with the uh, the joystick and shit. Yeah. He's got one of those that he keeps hooking up to the console to, to play people, and he's, he's smashing people left and right. And he was talking shit. And I was like, dude, someone's going to body the hell out of you, and I'm going to laugh if it's me. And, you know, I, I'm, you know, going through the tournament fairly well, you know, proceeding, same as he is. And he, like, he will play his match, beat the piss out of somebody, and walk away. Gee beat the piss out of somebody, walk away. He won't even stay to watch the rest of the people play. My God. He's just, he's an ass. He's beating people and walking off. A butthole. I'm sitting there the whole time watching every match, his included. Pride cometh before the fall, kids. So, we get to the finals, and it's me and him. Of course. <laughs> and he's using Nightmare because he, he won't change. He's like, no, I'm using Nightmare. That's my boy. I'm like, yeah, well, your boy's about to get wrecked, so get ready. And, uh, you know, he's like, I'm an MLG. I'll kick your ass. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, we'll see, Sunshine. Let's go. And uh, <laughs> I pick Raphael. If anybody who's played Soul Calibur can tell you, Raphael is a, uh, he's a rapier user. He's quick. He's fast. I beat the piss out of this guy with no damage. Two rounds in a row, two yes. perfect rounds in a row, smashed his ass. And he throws his freaking Joy-Con thing down. He, that's bullshit. There's no way you could have beat me with Raphael. That's bullshit. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, you're kind of slow. I just did so there, Chief. I just did there, homie. How do you feel? I'm not even a major league gamer, and I kicked your ass. How do you feel? And he just, he rage quit. He walked off. They're like, hey, you still get a second prize? Like, Fuck you, man. Wow. I'm like, 
huh, so do I get his price too? <laughs> like, <laughs> Mr. So, Pantywatt over you know, there doesn't want his present. You know, the, the short fat kid who, uh, you know, I've had nothing but video games to keep me, you know, company for like 10 plus years. <laughs> the guy you got to watch out for is the guy sitting in the corner not saying a word. Yep, the guy sitting in the corner playing on his frigging Game Boy waiting for the tournament to continue yeah. so he can kick someone else's ass and not go back to Not the old boy Pokemon. up front flexing his muscles telling everybody how awesome he is. Oh yeah, he was awesome, all right. He was so awesome, he broke his freaking controller rage quitting. See, MLG'd an MLG. Sure did. <laughs> Best day ever. That's awesome. Well, we gotta we gotta take off, man. It's been an hour already. Jesus Christ. You wanna play some magic? Hell yes. Hell yes. I need it in my life right now. All right, we're gonna go play magic, the gathering. So that's it for this week. And remember to go on a silent. Oh my okay. It's a silent eight one seven, get it right. I know, geez. I you know, it's crazy. That's it for this week. And remember to go on to my uh, I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> remember to go on to Asylum 817, you guys. Remember to go on to Asylum. Okay. Bye. I'm done. <laughs> remember to go on Asylum817.com for all things me and no disclosure related. That's Asylum817.com for all things me and no disclosure related. Links to our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages are there. As well as a link to get yourself a no disclosure t-shirt. So you can not only be fancy, but look fancy as well. So stop by. Remember to share No Disclosure with everybody. If you wish to support the show, see that little support button where the show description is? Give that a little loving. Shout out to my patrons. Thanks for listening. Aaron Kunkel of the Kunkel Homestead. Aaron and Amanda Kunkel, I should say. And Kristen Belt. Patrons, I love you both. You're keeping this show going, seriously. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, my babies. I love you all. And stay fancy. Yeah, there you go. Woo! Woohoo! <laughs> One, two, three, four! Off topic!